Good day, good day, Doc Spacers. You're listening to the Doc Space Startup School Podcast. Starting a medical practice in 2019 may seem like a dinosaur of an idea, but with the advancements of technology and the remote flexibility of care management, it's never been easier. Hi, I'm Dr. Mario Amaro. I'm a United States Navy veteran, a medical physician, and a health tech founder on a new mission to help clinicians rediscover their autonomy and bring back private medical practice. DocSpace Startup School is a virtual course that's built and designed to help clinicians navigate the medical practice formation process. In this podcast, we will interview some of the industry's leading experts in health law, design, marketing, finance, and tons of other exciting topics to help you better prepare to start and manage a successful medical practice. Welcome to the DocSpace crew. Hello, everybody. Our guest today is Molly Moore. She's a compliance officer at Decent, which is a health insurance plan built around direct primary care. Molly is a healthcare benefits expert and has been involved in the direct primary care space since 2013. Today at DocSpace Startup School, she will help us discuss benefits and plans, how Decent is helping to innovate the direct primary care model, and how clinicians can integrate Decent health plans into their medical practices. So hi, welcome back to another episode of DocSpace Startup School. We have Molly Moore at Decent. She's the health plan lead. Um, Molly, could you go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Sure. Hi, I'm Molly Moore. I'm the health plan lead at Decent. Decent is a health plan who's offering affordable health care coverage to independent workers in the Austin, Texas area. We just launched this year, so we're new like you, and um, hoping to um, sort of fulfill uh, affordable health care for all. That's our goal. Wow. Yeah. So this is definitely a huge need when it comes to independent contractors or self-paid workers that don't have full-time employment. Can you talk us through the process of how your, uh, those specific patients are able to, you know, get healthy coverage or get some type of insurance? Yeah. So most people um, who are independent uh, have access to the exchanges under healthcare.gov. So healthcare.gov is typically where individuals would go to compare plans in their area. And in particular, if you make less than 400% of the poverty level, you get assistance from the federal government uh, on uh, your insurance premiums. And so if you, uh, for instance, in Austin, if you make under $50,000 a year, you would want to go and buy health insurance off the exchanges because that's the most affordable place for you to get health insurance coverage. So you go to healthcare.gov. Um, you log on, you put in your zip code and your age, and if you're covering your family, et cetera, and you can select from a variety of different plans, usually offered only by a handful of carriers. So Oscar Health is on the exchanges, United Healthcare is on some of the exchanges, and Better is on some of the exchanges. Those are just a few I know about in Texas. Um, other places have Cigna, Aetna, et cetera. But the offerings are typically four or five, um, and then they offer gold, silver, and bronze level plans. And if you're under 30, you can buy a short-term catastrophic type plan. Um, I just don't recommend those to anybody really. Um, but the gold, 
silver and bronze type plans, they typically have a variety of sort of benefit packages you can choose from, but they're all right around, you know, the gold is sort of in the highest category level and then the silver is in sort of the middle category and then uh, the bronze is in sort of the lower category. And how those sort of break out is the gold is typically an 80-20 type plan. So the plan pays about 80% of your medical costs and you pay about 20%. And then in the silver category, the health plan pays 70% and you pay about 30%. And then in the bronze category, you typically pay about 40% and the health plan pays 60. So as you can imagine, gold is the most expensive and bronze is the least expensive. So you have a whole variety of things to choose from. That's where people typically go if they're doing it on their own. They also have the option of going to a broker. Um, Brokers can help them with lots of different things, including dental, vision, accident, life insurance, et cetera. And despite uh, what I thought uh, that this was a sort of going away industry, there are tons of brokers and it turns out that they're an insanely good advocate for direct primary care as well um, because it's very satisfying for members. And so they like giving uh, their customers something nice to have. And so um, they do a really good job of combining direct primary care and uh, typical insurance benefits um, sort of across the board. Sorry, yeah. that was like a super long answer, but hopefully... oh, I like long, I like long <laughs> answers. It, it definitely does help provide that context that sometimes is missing. You know, that, those little nuances between gold, premium, you know, whatever. They, they're yeah. all important to know. Uh, but you, you did touch on something regarding brokers, you know, yeah. and so carriers and also, you know, ACAs, all these different terms. What exactly is decent? Can you can you can touch on you know how decent maybe is a little bit something different for direct primary care? Yeah. So um, when we built our health plan and our health plan benefits, decent essentially put direct primary care at the center of the model. So I've worked with direct primary care since 2013. Um, I know the benefits that it can provide, and I know that it is very difficult to incorporate direct primary care into a typical insurance offering because typical insurance wants fee-for-service billing CPT codes and extensive charting, and they want to be able to audit you, and they need to know what's going on. Um, But since Decent is essentially a startup health plan, um, I don't want any of that. I want direct primary care providers to do the amazing job that they do, taking care of members, um, and we sort of just get out of the way. So my whole goal of setting up a health plan is to uh, just get out of the way and let the physicians provide care to members and have the primary care and the patient essentially make shared decision-making inside the sort of rules that you would if it was a cash pay patient. So for example, um, when you sign up for a health plan at Decent, um, which you can do if you're a member of the Texas Freelance Association in Austin, um, you would go through the sign-up process and you would select your direct primary care provider. And we have connected with partners in the direct primary care space 
uh, like Hint Health, to go ahead and just push that membership information seamlessly into your back end. We pay you whatever your published monthly rate is because you know what you need in order to make that business. And essentially, the contractual relationship that we have with our direct primary care providers is we support you in establishing a relationship with the patient. And it's like a two-page thing that just says, you will treat our patients like all your other patients, and we incorporate your patient agreement, essentially. So all it says is, we pay you, you have the rest of the relationship. We don't try to change where they refer to. We don't try to change. um, We don't want fee-for-service billing. Um, We have a lot of faith and a lot of trust that direct primary care providers are typically doing the right thing almost all the time. Um, because they have time to make thoughtful decisions, they have time to have uh, informed conversations with their patients, and they frankly get the best deals when they negotiate their cash rates anyway. And so if that's the best deal we can get in the marketplace for a $500 MRI, like, do it. Like, we fully support you in in enabling those shopping habits um, of members and understanding what things cost, etc. So we essentially contracted with our direct primary care providers in Austin. We built their specialty network around them. So we contracted with as many people as they referred to as possible so that physicians didn't have to change the way that they practiced um, because that's a very difficult thing to do is to get physicians to change the way that they practice. And um, then added a hospital layer and made sure that we had transparent pharmacy um, because in Texas, you can't dispense out of your office, which is a bummer. Um, but it's it's something that we tried to support with the most um, sort of transparent pharmacy. Um, and then we're here for you. So we have support lines and chat and all the kind of stuff that you would want. Um, but mostly we just want to be out of the way for you to provide care. That is sort of our philosophy. Like we we are working towards putting ourselves out of needing to be in the middle of anything. Yeah, no, and, and it's, you guys have the same type of philosophy as mission uh, as we do at DocSpace is we are trying just to enable you to start your practice and then stay in business, uh, you know, and then step out of the way. You know, we yeah. choose what model you, you, you opt for. We do not choose how you market or acquire patients. We don't do any of it. We're just here to help you. Yeah. That's it. That's really yep. it. So, we just want to send you members. Here, have our members. Treat yeah. them treat them like you would all of your other patients. Right. It's exactly how medicine should be. Let the experts that are trained to do this, do that, you know, and then we step back, don't interfere. You know, I don't, I don't want to be in charge of like, which utilization management, you know, algorithm we use. Like, don't do that. No one likes that. You don't, I don't want to be that. Like, no. No. Yeah, and you know, you bring up, or you guys are filling a huge gap, which I personally feel needs to be answered for direct primary care, which is the some patients will not have the ability to pay cash, right? They will need some type of assistance, but still could get so much value from the direct care model, you know? So you add that additional layer that helps them pay that, you know, whether through their employer or through their contracting service or something, allows them to be able to take advantage of a direct care model. I really think that's important because, for example, you mentioned if a $300 MRI, what if a freelancer 
doesn't have as much work that, that month, you know, yep. and they afford that $300 MRI, you know? Um, so having that person contracted with them for their, their coverage could give them the option to at least have some, co- you know, payment for it and then maintaining their benefits, both with their physician, as well as with their insurance company with decent. So I really see there's huge benefit there. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we are big fans. Yeah, so let, let's kind of do a little scenario here. I, I, I'm a new physician. I just moved to Austin. I want to start a direct primary care practice. I hear about decent. You know, I, I want to onboard with them, but I don't want to go through this credentialing process. Or ah. to walk me through what it's like to go through that process with decent. Okay, so to go through that process with Decent, it's very easy. You read our two-page agreement and you say like, yeah, this looks fine because um, it's two pages and it should take you less than five minutes. And the benefit is that we sort of do all your marketing for you. Um, but the thing is with Decent is we don't do credentialing. We, like, I meet all of our physicians face-to-face or at least over the phone. Um, And we can verify through third-party channels, either um, the Medicare MPI system and then the Texas Department of Licensing. Like, we can verify. You don't have to send us a bunch of information. We that's all, almost all of it's publicly available. Um, If you were embroiled in some really horrible fraudulent lawsuit, you you would be in the newspapers, uh, frankly. Um, and then uh, we look for other sites too. We look on Google and Yelp at your reviews, et cetera. So our credentialing is extremely passive. Um, it just, it's totally unnecessary in a world of the type of transparency that we live in. It's just not, it's just not necessary. So you would, um, instead of uh, sending us this, insane credentialing packet, you would send us a a sheet of paper that says, this is about my practice. This is how many um, uh, sort of tickets I want to sell to my practice, meaning if you only have, you know, a few openings in your practice or if you're full, or if you don't really care, you can tell us about that. If you have age restrictions, where you went to school, uh, your address, a nice, colorful, friendly looking photo of yourself. Um, and uh, we put you up on our website. Um, we, uh, you know, make sure that it looks okay to you, that we have all your, your um, phone number and address and email correct. Um, and then that's it. That's good. 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 <laughs> so I have a question, you know, um, some of the things that, for example, new doctors starting practices, they may not have a good feel for with our pricing model. Right. Oh, so yeah. They may, they may say, "Oh, it's going to be seventy-five dollars a month for patients under a certain age, you know, or demographic." But let's say they start to get some traction and they contract with decent, you know, at seventy-five dollars. But now they have traction; they know they can bump that up to one fifty. How does yep. that? So that how that works with us is you would just tell us what your new rate is, and we would send you an amendment to the agreement that just says we've changed your pricing to reflect your new pricing. Okay, so it's that easy. Yeah, yeah. We we believe that you understand how to run your business from a financial standpoint. Um, and if you don't, if you have a hard time finding that sort of magical number, um, 
at Hint Summit last year in San Francisco, there was a woman who sort of stepped, there was a physician who stepped through um, exactly how to determine your financial model. And it was very, very helpful. And I can't remember her name. But uh, if you go back through uh, to look at the Hint Summit, she did what I think is an amazing job of really breaking down like, this is how many people you want to see. And this is how many hours you want to work. And this is, you know, this is how many people you need if you and then if you're going to hire a medical assistant, like you need to put this much in your budget. And like, it was just very amazing. And so, so we just pay you what you think you're worth. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually just did a, a good course on unit economics behind yes. figuring out exactly how um, so setting up your business plan or pro forma does vary when you're operating a subscription model. Because yep. basically what it is, and you, you need to be paying attention to the things that you just mentioned. You know, the cost of goods and services, you know, how many people are you going to have, how much you're paying, how often you're going to see them. Everything you just mentioned is exactly what we went through. You, um, you are appealing to my inner healthcare nerd uh, <laughs> so deeply right now. Just, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just really, we're trying to go through every single stage of what a typical physician who was looking at starting their practice will think through. And we're yeah. trying to feed them the information and then hopefully give them the resources to say, all right, here's what you need to know. And if you need to know more, here's the person to get in contact with. So that's basically our goal here with DocSpace Startup School. But, you know, kind of go, going back more into Disa a little bit, you know, uh, so we, we talked about the credentialing. We talked about the change in pricing model, right? Yeah. Now, now you, you mentioned marking, right? So patient comes in, maybe organic, right? Walked in, heard about it from someplace. They come in. They're, they're, you know, independent worker. They want to sign up for the doctor. How does a doctor approach from the opposite end of saying, have you thought about decent? Yeah. So when we talked with our direct primary care providers, um, most of them, in fact, all of them, when their patients ask, should I have other coverage? Their answer is yes. And most of them have this on their website as an FAQ or something to that effect. So the answer is yes you should have other coverage. Now, most DPCs um, have partnerships with multiple organizations. Some are health sharing ministries, some are health plans. Um, Some do. Um, Those with really full practices who started this a long time ago typically don't. But new people do, um, new physicians do. And um, so they'll have options. So they sort of act as a consultant. But some of them, because they get business through brokers, refer back to brokers. Um, But the, so there's sort of a nice sharing economy, I guess, there. Um, But the, the thing that I would say to physicians who, um, are looking to sort of help their patients weigh options is um, look at the whole person, talk to them about their financials. You probably have done this already. Um, the thing about decent and and a couple health sharing ministries actually is that the sort of monthly premium that you pay for decent covers your DPC fee. Um, that isn't the case with traditional health plans. You would have to pay in addition to, which means essentially you're paying for primary care twice, which sucks. Um, so so decent sort of has it built in to its its premium model. Um, decent is. Uh, for all intents and purposes, um, 
looks like a health plan. So there's no upside or down, uh, what would that be? If you're a very expensive customer, there's no cap. Um, You mostly do not have to pay out of pocket for things that you need or want. And then the health plan reimburses you. That's the case with some health sharing ministries where you actually, they call them like non-network health sharing ministries. So you can go wherever you want, but you pay cash out of your pocket or on your credit card. And then the health sharing ministry reimburses you. after the fact, um, and you submit a claim to them, et cetera. So, so there's a bunch of different sort of options, um, but we provide all of our direct primary care providers with a little brochure that says like, hey, this is decent, and they can just hand it to people if they want or refer them to um, their broker community, whoever's been referring to them. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the network effects there that's happening. You know, you're able to kind of extend it beyond what is currently being used and then also a new new network, right, is what is going to be new. So yeah. kind of going back into my, my scenario, I'm in Austin now, I, I contracted, signed a two-page letter, you know, uh, I got approved. Now new patient comes in. I'm talking about decent. Of course, I, what's important to me is finances, right? I want to make sure that this patient is able to be able to afford their care, both my care, as well as decent care, right? The coverage. So a little bit about what the expected cost is for patients. Yeah. So here's, here's what I told. So I, I spoke to a group of, they were mostly women and strangely enough, women make a lot of the healthcare buying decisions. So if you're, um, if you're talking with a family um, about your healthcare buying decisions, one of the things that I sort of talk to them about is, hey, there's a way that you can sort of estimate, you know, as a monthly budgeting thing, um, how much your um, insurance is going to cost you sort of lifetime cost over the course of a year. So it's insurance premium, plus how much you think you're going to utilize um, over the year. And I say, just add in a, an emergency room visit because be prepared for that. Um, and then sort of weigh that out over the year. Are you going to have to meet a deductible before you, you get coverage for emergency rooms or an MRI, or do you have ongoing medications? Um, what can you afford essentially? Do you have a savings? Do you have a credit card that could cover your deductible? Like there are all sorts of factors that go into selecting um, a health plan and people hate, hate the buying process. Um, I, I joked and I actually put this in a slide deck um, that people, 40% of people would rather just pick up dog poop um, than to talk about, insurance benefits. Uh, I have two dogs and I love talking about health insurance benefits. So I'm sure we can arrange a trade. Uh, but the, it's difficult. It's a difficult decision to make. It's fairly expensive. It's, you know, multi-thousands of dollars a year. But, um, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about what it is, sort of be realistic with what you can afford, how much you sock away in savings. And then uh, the other thing that I would say is, if you have like the pediatrician that you must see or your OBGYN who you have this like the, the OBGYN who birthed all your babies, you know, like you're never leaving this OBGYN, like make sure they're in the network. There are a couple things that, uh, that, you know, but it's families 
often ask other families, like, what do you do? What do you do? And it's just like, this, stop doing that. That is not the right thing. Don't, family A is not like family B, especially if family B's second kid has asthma. Like, stop. Um, the other thing I will say, because I like talking about this stuff, is um, pay attention to your pharmacy formulary. So make sure that the medications that you take every day are covered um, and that they're covered at an affordable rate. You know, you just mentioned pharmacies and knowing that Texas, you know, physicians are not allowed to, you know, house in-house, you know, dispensaries. Uh, So like, how does it vary? Do you currently decent contract for any type of pharmacy company or yep. wholesalers or even in-home delivery services? So we contract right now through Costco. Um, and Costco has every commercial pharmacy you could imagine in their network. But we it, it, we get special discounts if you go to Costco. So um, And they deliver. So you can set up your mail order refill. Um, through Costco and they'll deliver directly to you. Um, Other pharmacies will do that too. You don't have to have sort of a special um, service that will deliver. Um, You can actually, if it's not like a narcotic drug, um, pretty easily (laughs) have medication delivered to you, Um, which seems strange, but true. Uh, But the, I, I like mail order pharmacy, but honestly, you can walk into an HUB in, in Austin area and get your prescriptions filled, no problem. Target, Walgreens, CVS, wherever you want to go. Um, and then, like, I, I'll just tell you, I have my prescriptions filled at Walgreens. Walgreens also has a mail order. Um, they also have a drive through window. So, like, there's all sorts of options. Um, we just partner with Costco um, because, in all honesty, um, a lot of health plans and a lot of drug companies uh, make a lot of money off sort of the opaqueness of uh, dispensing prescriptions. And that is not, we don't want to do that. So um, essentially, if you're, if you go and you have um, antibiotics field, antibiotics, uh, generic antibiotics are, you know, fairly inexpensive. Um, and it's $2. Uh, that's how much you, you would pay as a patient or decent. You would just pay whatever it costs the pharmacy because it's sort of under your uh, under your copay for the drugs. If it's over the copay, the max you ever pay is the copay. But if it's under your copay, you essentially get the same savings um, that we would get. Some health plans don't do that. They don't pass along that savings. You always pay the copay, whatever it is. Um, and that that sucks. We don't we don't like that. So uh, we get the advantage of Costco and Costco's buying power. Um, and then we pass along that savings directly to you. Excellent. So in regards to, you know, you were talking a little bit about uh, different pharmacies and different PPCs and stuff. I'm curious if doctors, some doctors that are not looking at starting direct primary care, maybe listening to this and they like everything that you're saying, but they're like, I'm not interested. I in do this. Yeah. How does this, how can I get in on this? So uh, have y'all thought about anything beyond direct primary care? Yeah, we, um, so we work, we work with virtual direct primary care as well. So if you're like, I don't know about this, um, we, we work with virtual providers. Um, so if you want to do moonlighting or test out a subscription model, um, that, 
we can get in on that that way. But we do have regular provider contracts. You would bill fee for service. Um, you know, send us the bills, we send you the money type of a thing, regular benefits apply, co-pays, et cetera. So you can reach out to me. Uh, I'm molly at decent.com. Uh, if you are interested in sort of being a part of this community of this, um, uh, you know, sort of trying to essentially work our way out of needing a health insurance company to sit in between the doctor and the patient. Uh, and yeah, you can, you can reach out to me if you're in the Austin area. We'll be expanding next year uh, in 2020 to other states and other parts of Texas. Um, but right now we're just in Austin and um, God, that community is rad. They have embraced us and um, provided us um, a, a lovely community to provide us feedback. We've been taking feedback from docs and patients and brokers and trying to really make this a, a good product to uh, develop and offer to the rest of Texas and beyond. So to talk about a little bit about clinicians, uh, what type of clinicians are, are eligible to, to be decent providers? Really all type of clinicians. So um, we, right now in particular, we don't have a huge network of chiropractors. I would love more chiropractors, but general practice, pediatrics, family medicine, internal medicine, um, obstetrics, oncology, neurology, endocrinology, um, all of my ologies, uh, the, yeah, anyone that provides uh, high quality care. Um, we do our best to try to stay away from really traditional fee-for-service. So if you're a surgeon and you are working on bundles um, or bundled surgical cases, I would love to talk to you. If you're a radiologist and you own your own shop and you do flat fee cash pay rates, I would love to talk to you. Um, yeah, so we're, we, we are here with open arms uh, if you are trying to provide high quality care. Excellent. And tons of synergy here, you know, especially because we're, we're trying to get them in business and you're trying to get them covered, you know? Yeah, we, we yeah, want to yeah. give them the business. So, yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. Molly. Yeah. Thankful that you were able to explain a little bit about what Decent is doing and, and I'm excited yeah. for it. And, and I can't wait to you guys. I know you're expanding to Houston. So, um, you know, we'll be able to, to meet and, and connect and, and really grow this community, you know, for what Docs is doing and what you guys are doing at Decent. Um, yeah. So um, can you give us a really where they're able to find you, uh, your email, your website, and different things? So our CEO uh, temporarily mortgaged his house to buy the URL decent.com. So we are www.decent.com. Um, and my email is molly at decent.com. Um, we have tons of information on our website. Um, we have our current provider directory. We have our current DPCs, so you can see who we're currently working with. We have our health plan, so you can see what type of plans we're offering. Um, there's tons of information there, but you can also just reach out to me at molly at decent.com. I do most of our provider contracting. Thank you for listening to the DocSpace Startup School podcast. Please check us out at startupschool.mydocspace.com for more video lectures and product demos. And don't forget to join the DocSpace Startup School Community Slack channel to engage with other clinicians going through their journey of starting a medical practice.